Hey there, and welcome to Samsung's Innovation Without Boundaries. I'm Chris Langlois. On our podcast, we'll explore how we're solving evolving consumer and societal needs through new innovations in areas like sustainability, accessibility, and wellness. And we're also connecting with guests that are breaking the boundaries of what's possible with technology and plenty of creativity. Without further ado, let me turn it over to our host, my Samsung colleague, Alana Gomez-Solis. Hi everyone, I'm your host, Alana Gomez-Solis, and today I'm surrounded by industry leaders and changemakers to discuss the metaverse's impact on driving sustainable action. Mark, do you want to kick it off and give us a brief introduction? Sure. Hi, everybody. I'm Mark Newton. I lead corporate sustainability for Samsung in North America. Uh, my role is really to connect uh, a lot of the activities that are happening in Korea, uh, where our headquarters is, uh, to the operations here in the United States. Brian? Hi, my name is Brian Brown. I'm a creative director at Constellation Group. Uh, and um, yeah, happy to be here. Thank you. And Jessica? Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm Jessica Berger. I'm a VP of Innovation at Publicis Media. And I typically help our clients make sense of the buzzwords and just to make sure they understand what to do there and how we can utilize it in the most engaging way. Awesome. Um, so thank you all for joining us and introducing yourselves. Um, so just kicking off the conversation, Jessica, 2022 has been dubbed the Metaverse Gold Rush. Can you give us a basic understanding of what the Metaverse is and how companies like Samsung can tap into this new realm to connect with customers? Yeah, sure. Simply put, think of it as the next iteration of the Internet. The internet doesn't evolve overnight, so there is never typically a switch that we just flip and then there is a new internet iteration. And now we're sort of at this web 2.5 space where we're merging between this very engaging social media world into this more immersive, even more engaging and hyperactive um, world. So we're currently at Web 2.5, I would say, but very soon we would probably look into Web 3. And particular uh, to the metaverse, I would think of it as sort of the visual manifestation of that. So truly think about it as a persistent presence where brands and, and consumers, anyone can truly go in at any moment in time, engage with whatever they have built in the space. And typically we think about it as a immersive space and that's where you know technologies like augmented reality or virtual reality would come into place. Um, so kind of building on this basic understanding of the metaverse, it's apparent that brands are keen on making an impact in this space. So Mark, could you tell us a little bit about how they would know their role in this? Sure. Um, well, first of all, you know, we can't lose sight of our fundamentals. This is a very exciting new technology. But we can't lose sight of the fact that in order for us to be credible in the metaverse, we have to maintain credibility in the real world. And, and I think that it's, it's too easy to kind of jump into something like this and lose sight of really what's important. So, you know, if you think about it, it's a great way to engage a particularly a new demographic of, of consumers that we're very interested in reaching, that, that interact uh, in ways that this sort of technology can help facilitate and help experience our brand in new and exciting ways. You know, for us, the fundamentals of uh, priorities like our circularity and the way that we're managing our materials all the way through the life cycle and the products and the way that our customers are handling them and issues around climate which are very important, and, and the way that we manage that across our operations and express that 
both in terms of our operations, but also our products and the energy efficiency of our products. And then finally, you know, our engagements, um, the way that we're interacting and trying particularly to make a difference with, with young people. If you think about it, you know, we're talking about an audience that has maybe half a percent of spending power, but make up maybe 22% of the population. So we have to reach them through education and not necessarily direct selling, right? And so this is a great opportunity for that. Brian, could you talk more about how the metaverse can influence engagement? Could it be done through gamification? And what would be the psychology behind this? Sure, that's a very big question. (laughs) Um, Well, first of all, I wanted to touch on a couple of things. When we think about the metaverse and how useful it is as a part of our brand story, we have to remember that as a brand, uh, as a communication platform, everybody's first impulse is to do what they did in the previous medium in the new medium with the addition of whatever technology that brings. The example that I always give is like when television came out, television was the radio with pictures. It took a long time for television to develop its own language, its own meta experience that was unique to TV. And that's a really interesting thing that we think about when we think about experiences in the metaverse. You see a lot of brands coming into the metaverse that are doing things like just taking their store, which they already have in real world, and transplanting it to the metaverse because it's an analog for a real experience that they want to give more people access to. And that's a good first step. But the challenge is, what does the store actually provide you? What does a brand experience actually provide you? And how do you create meaning out of it? And then how do you use the freedom that you get in a 3D space to amplify that in a new way that creates a unique experience that can't exist anywhere else? So starting from that, what does it really mean? What is the brand really trying to express? Finding and distilling your message down to that one point and then creating an experience that amplifies that in a, in a way like no other is where every project in the metaverse should be starting from, in my opinion. And then how do you actually pull people through that journey where you're giving them an experience that is both rewarding, challenging, fulfilling, and educational all at the same time? There's an analog for this, and it's video game design. I actually started my career in and wanting to be a video game designer until I tried to make one and then I never wanted to do it again because of how hard it is. <laughs> but it's interesting because, you know, as an agency, a lot of agencies, ourselves included, we come primarily from a two-dimensional space where we're looking at flat images, we're thinking about experiences, even though the web is not linear. We do think about checkout flows in a linear way. You come from the outside, you have a marketing message, you come into this page, this page converts you into a configurator, into a checkout flow, and then you get your product. When you apply a third dimension to an experience like that, you really need story and interactivity to be enticing to people to pull them through the experience that you want that ultimately makes them do whatever it is that you want, whether it is check out a product or walk away knowing a little bit more about our sustainability goals or why the environment's important to us. So going more into the gamification aspect, Samsung has a new campaign called Everyday Changes Meaningful Impact. And essentially, they're celebrating and thanking people who are joining us in our journey toward a better future. It's very community-based because not one person or one company can tackle climate change on their own. And it includes a really fun new quest within Samsung A37X. So, Mark, Brian, could you tell me a little bit more about that? Sure. And you, and you framed it 
Exactly right, Alana. Um, these challenges are too big, you know, for people to get their arms around these, you know, existential crises around climate. Um, I love the way that we're framing our approach here, which is everyday changes and meaningful impact, because it's important for us to be able to articulate the, th the small things that we are doing, right? But, but those things alone aren't enough. And so if you unpack that a little bit, you know, if you think about the, the, the four priority areas that we know through our shopper insights that especially uh, Jen MZ really care about, we're talking about kind of two climate-related issues and two uh, circularity-type issues. And the two climate issues are energy efficiency and renewable energy. And the two circularity issues are kind of recycled content and product innovation materials and our recycling programs, right? And so there are a lot of little things that we can do in each of those areas, and they all add up to some really big things. So, you know, for instance, in the, in the first one, energy efficiency, there's, there's things that anybody can do at home in order to try to uh, impact their energy efficiency at home. And the Smart Things app that we have that helps people make some of those decisions at home, little things that they can do. Right? But if you take a look at our products right, that we've been driving energy efficiency in over the last 10 years, you can see that we've driven a huge amount of energy efficiency that translate to carbon savings that our customers actually uh, benefit from. So over 300 million metric tons of CO2 emissions we've driven over the last eight years through our energy efficiency improvements in our products. That's that's just a mind-boggling amount of, uh, you know, it's hard to even contextualize that. Um, it's, it's the equivalent of taking a little more than a quarter of the cars off the road, wow. right, in the United States. And it's more than twice as much as the greenhouse gas emissions that we used in manufacturing those products in our operations. So it's, it's an amazing amount. So connecting the dots there really, you know, really matters. On renewable energy... I'm not sure if everybody knows this, but we made a commitment several years ago to power all of our operations in the U.S., Europe, and China 100% renewably. Sitting right here in this studio at 837, this is powered renewably. Our asset at Times Square, that's powered renewably. All of our operations in the U.S., including our manufacturing, powered renewably. That's a huge commitment, and we met, we met that in 2020, and that's going to continue uh, to increase. Consumers can do some things on their own with that, too. Um, you know, there's opportunities for them to interact with their uh, utilities to ask for renewable power. R related back to the energy efficiency uh, thing, we've got opportunities for our consumers to be able to identify rebates for the efficient products that we sell. So, you know, making sure that we are actually helping our customers to achieve their goals um, but then also doing our part, too, to add up to really big impacts is, is our approach on this. Uh, for Valentine's Day, we actually brought some of our uh, sustainability um, message to the metaverse through the Turning Red Heart Screen campaign. Um, we focused on recycling, upcycling, and reusing, um, which seemed like the simplest uh, and easiest get, especially when we were thinking about quest mechanics and gamification. We invite people to move around the space and search for discarded boxes that could be recycled and upcycled within 837X through our host um, and turned into something great. So through this experience, people were able to find these boxes, take them into our sustainability forest that we built and plant them in the form of a sapling 
that our host turned the boxes into. And then on Valentine's Day, we invited everyone to come in and show their love to the forest, literally doing the blowing heart kisses emote, which is a mechanic in Decentraland, the platform that we were working in. And doing the emote uh, caused the tree to grow. So by showing your love to the forest through recycling, through upcycling, you were able to make the forest happy, make everything better. And then the tree in return gave you a tree-themed wearable. Wearables are a highly sought after and valued commodity in Decentraland because it allows people to express themselves and mix and match different parts of the wearable um, to create characters and, and all kinds of fun things. So very receptive. It was very nice to see a bunch of people standing around in our forest just blowing hearts at a tree. <laughs> yeah, it's really exciting to see how Samsung is taking all that they're doing in the field of sustainability and incorporating it and educating in such a fun way at E37X. So that's great. Um, now, Jessica, <laughs> I would be remiss if I didn't ask about the concerns that the widespread adoption of the metaverse could lead to higher admissions due to its reliance on data centers. Could you share your thoughts there? Yeah, and that's definitely a very, very important topic. And I know, you know, like we just heard, Samsung definitely takes it very serious and makes huge leaps there already. Um, to me, you know, going back to something that you said earlier, this isn't just a responsibility of one person, one company. This is truly a Every industry, every company, every person can contribute here and make, you know, improvements and help the world out quite literally. So for me, it kind of goes twofold here. One, there is a lot of conversation around the blockchain technology and how, you know, the mining systems work. And something like I mentioned earlier is, you know, it's, it's an evolution of the technology. So there is older technology that used to uh, used to use a concept called proof of work, which did have a heavier impact on, on the environment. However, you know, in recent years, and especially right now, a lot of the uh, blockchains are moving over, and that includes Ethereum, which is one of the popular blockchains, which we also use for the Samsung experience. But they all moved over, or currently moving over, into something that's called proof of stake, which is significantly less heavy on, on the environment and definitely... Uh, an ease there and it's about the equivalent of you know writing an email or streaming a nine second video maybe so definitely a huge improvements there and then on the second part of that thinking about the bigger picture the experience itself is meant to allow people to experience something without even leaving the house you could stay at home you don't have to commute to work potentially um, as a thinking long term but also you don't necessarily have to go travel places unless you really want to or have to any uh, you know live performances for example concerts you could experience in the virtual world without having to travel by plane then leaving pollution behind and waste and, and for people to have to clean that up again so there's a cycle that is sort of being left out at the moment and that is being transferred or shifted around at least um, you know where the metaverse can actually help offset the carbon emission output so you know lots to be seen still but I think there's definitely a lot of opportunity also to help out in that space. Yeah, definitely. That's a really interesting point about minimizing travel to work or to concerts or to wherever else. So what are some of the other future opportunities to bridging the metaverse with the real physical world? Even as, even as we virtualize and dematerialize through the metaverse, we're still using energy, right? 
And so it's important, again, um, to keep with the fundamentals, reduce as much as possible, be, be laser focused on efficiencies, even in the metaverse, right? And then also, as I mentioned before, our transition to renewables, that's critically important. So as the grid becomes greened and we end up spending more time in this virtual environment where electricity is necessary in order to run it, it's really important that we transition to a clean economy that's using renewable power. And so that's one of the reasons why we're you know, really focused on that. But it, it just opens up so many opportunities. And we talked about blockchain, for instance, the, you know, the underlying principle of the, of the metaverse here. And I'm no blockchain expert, so I'll oversimplify here and Brian can correct me. But if you just think about it as assigning a token or some sort of value to an individual thing, whether it's a process or a thing, that's pretty much what blockchain is. And so the same technology that goes into powering the metaverse, we are using in our compliance, uh, in our supply chain, to make sure that when we're sourcing materials, that they're actually coming from places that we want them to, right? So these are really kind of cool things, you know, besides the idea of uh, obviously being able to create a new commerce experience, a new purchase experience where, you know, you can go in and try on the new devices and really kind of experience them uh, in a virtual way. I mean, that's really exciting. But we have to be thinking about the way that we're powering it and the way that we're operating and make sure we don't lose sight of that. And I think a transition to renewable energy is going to be a big key to this. Brian, Jessica, would you guys like to add on to that? Well, very simply, I would say that when we think about creating NFTs or creating art or creating wearables in the metaverse through the experiences, again, these part educational, part game, part fun, um, part group activity experience, they could result in, whether it's a piece of unique NFT art or a customized wearable, bespoke and customization is something that we're thinking about a lot right now. The simple ability to take that piece of creative that is in the contract on the blockchain and then extend it to real world spaces around you as a souvenir from that experience, but also creating, you know, living, breathing things um, virtually in the real world is, is really interesting. So you could imagine if you go through an experience where you actually create a piece of art and that piece of art exists outside of your metaverse platform because it's connected to a blockchain, it can then be pulled into your profile page on samsung.com. You can put it on a refrigerator. You can put it on your frame TV. Um, you could work with a third party and have it actually printed out on canvas and hang it up in your home. So it's important to remember that because of blockchain specifically, the Things that we can create can be decentralized from the platforms and then made available to more platforms. You could also, that door swings both ways, where you can create experiences in the real world that produce an object that is recorded in contract in the blockchain, and then that object follows you into the metaverse. Um, so imagine just throwing out a couple of things I know people are thinking about, but like a body scanner for an avatar creator. Um, that avatar could be an avatar that actually ends up in something like Ready Player Me or Genies that allows you to utilize it in over 1,200 different games and metaverse experiences and other platforms. You could even go so far as to create pieces of art and objects with your hands that are then scanned in 3D and brought into those spaces. 
So, and that's just really scratching the surface. I'm very focused on um, how to make the experiences that we've created so far better and how to evolve them to the next stage. But I think there's some people that are way smarter than me thinking about bigger and better ways to do that. Even in the uh, CES experience, the ability to have a live DJ here at 837 Washington, who was then live streaming to thousands of people who were in the metaverse was um, really, really cool. I think there's opportunities for more experiences like that as well. Within 837X, we actually have a theater that allows people to watch live streamed and pre-recorded videos. In some ways, that is just a web two interaction brought to life in a 3D space, and it's a very direct adaptation. It was very fun to see people standing around all together, emoting, clapping at things that they were seeing on the video. It felt like watching things with people, which was very nice. But what we're thinking about now is how you actually translate the watch along experience into something that's inherently more Web3, inherently more metaverse. Some of the ideas that we have are how can you use group activity and interaction within a 3D space to affect the stream that you're seeing? Um, thinking of it very simply like a quiz or a voting mechanic where they can actually have um, changes or win points or win badges through actually reacting in the right way, or even giving them the ability to choose the videos that they want to see or provide feedback to a presenter if it's a live stream. Yeah. Um, the launch party was actually one of my first experiences with the metaverse. So the DJ and all of that was such a fun first time into um, A37X. Jessica, do you want to add on to that? I mean, everything Brian just said, 100% <laughs> agreed. I like to think of it sort of in three, one, I like to think of it in three buckets, which is one, true ownership, right? There is a piece of new ownership we've never even known before. Like we own our data all of a sudden. If we actually go to a new platform that is blockchain enabled, it's truly on us what it is that we want to do, what we want to build, how we want to monetize that. It belongs to us and, and hence everything we build there and everything we create and think about has this true unique ownership moment all of a sudden. And then two, there is something that you mentioned around the avatars. It's the digital identity, right? There is something entirely new that we can experience, again, that we can create. Like I can go into a metaverse experience, create something that looks like me or something entirely different. And for brands, that typically means, okay, one, they know me as me, but what if all of a sudden I'm an entirely different person going and do different things because the metaverse enables me to do that. So there's a whole new concept thinking about what does identity even mean in the metaverse. And then third, it, it's sort of the experience part, right? Like everything we will do in the metaverse is either going to be similar to what we already do in the real world, like meeting friends, gaming, dancing, all of those fun things, or it's going to elevate into something entirely new. And I'm very, very curious to see what that is going to evolve into. Like it could be work. We could all be hanging out in, in a workroom and, and do this podcast in the metaverse or any work activity truly. You know, th so there's a lot of potential for bridging truly the world between physical and, and virtual. Mm. Um, it's really exciting to see how Samsung has progressed in the metaverse and how it's evolving um, and just the metaverse as a whole fascinates me. So thank you all for being here today to discuss the metaverse's impact on driving sustainable action. I hope everyone listening enjoyed our conversation today, and I'm going to pass it over to Chris Langlois for our next segment, Unpacking the News.
Hello again, it's Chris. We are closing out today's episode with our Unpacking the News segment, where we highlight the Samsung innovations of today that are shaping a bold tomorrow. Well, in case you missed it, at Galaxy Unpacked 2022, Samsung set a new epic standard for smartphone experiences with the unveiling of the Galaxy S22 series. That's the Galaxy S22, S22 Plus, and S22 Ultra, and also the Galaxy Tab S8 series. These devices are designed to redefine what smartphones and tablets can do. Also, February has certainly been an exciting month with one of the most widely watched sports games following the launch of Samsung's latest Galaxy devices. The company's next-generation display technology allowed football fans to watch the action unfold at SoFi Stadium with an immersive, one-of-a-kind experience. Powerful Samsung technology ensured picture-perfect viewing for fans to catch all the action, both on and off the field. And with Black History Month in full swing, Samsung is celebrating by inviting voices of diverse perspectives to share their views on this year's topic, breaking mental health and wellness barriers in communities of color. Samsung's Leroy Williams, Senior Vice President of Product Management and Business Operations, discussed his thoughts on the relevancy and importance of Black History Month 2022 with a new article highlighting his views and experience. You can find that online over at our U.S. newsroom. Well, that's it for Samsung's Innovation Without Boundaries. Until next time.